you pour that when you slag. Are you recording? Yeah. <laughs> of course he is. He always tries to get you to do something that compromises you. That sound is the sound of episode... Part two of this episode. This is the, the Goldilocks uh, period of the Christmas <laughs> yeah, special. This is right. when we've had a bit of bevy, we're not fatigued. Part three is going to be fucking tired and shit. Yeah. <laughs> or just pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode two, guys. And we're going to, um, as I understand it, we're going to kick this one off with a, a pure heavy duty question. Yeah, so but I think we're going to bounce that down the road, I think, a little bit. Well... We'll see. You we'll may. See. <laughs> Chris, Chris has never bounced a ball down the road. He's got is that? this ball is for using right now. I just keep picking up the cans and putting them in my pockets, and everyone else is getting um, them. So uh, yeah, episode part episode part two, part two of well, the, our Christmas special. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, Once just again, to, we are looking at each other's eyes, loving. Yeah, yeah we're here in this person. Our first live, first episode in a room together since February. The pheromones. Okay, yeah. Actually, February. Oh, pretty sure, yeah. I thought it was April. Fuck. The pheromones <laughs> are mixing in a heady cocktail. Chris has his uh, gin and slim wine tonic with a bit of basil. Yep. I've, yeah, that, uh, as per my request basil! on the rider yeah. that Mark had to had to honour or I was not going to perform. <laughs> I've got the cheapest bottle of Rioja. I'm about four-sevenths of the way through. <laughs> four-sevenths. <laughs> uh, some sugar fan there. That's <laughs> how yeah, totally. so he measures his drink. <laughs> Talking to him. Uh, announced the show for 2021. Yeah, Somewhat optimistically, but let's... Well, uh, December. Let's November, no, December. December. Barrelands. I reckon that might be all right. Somewhat optimistic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'd be a great place to see them, though. It would. Yeah, amazing, no, that's their biggest show. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Anyway, um, let's talk about something so, which is also definitely happening yeah, just, in the next just, month or so. Just as a little reminder uh for the christmas special this year we have made a little tweak to the normal format mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is uh we a lot of good a lot of good suggestions so we've kicked some of them out to other hosts such as vicky anna ferruccio and guests like ben and jonah matranga so we'll drop some of those as we go um but yes. yeah i guess we will crack on with the hilarious subject of international trade deals. Yeah, so if, if you're listening to this hot off the press, then you will no doubt know that Brexit has not yet landed upon our shores. But if you're listening to it into the, the new year, then Brexit will have happened. The, Maybe. The, the ephemeral <laughs> qualities of Brexit, you know, you can never, like, just it will always perpetually elude you. It's Schrodinger's Brexit, really, right? So, <laughs> Schrodinger's Brexit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, were you looking at it? So, Turnstile Blues. Hello, Turnstile Blues. You have asked serious though, seriously though, how much of an impact will Brexit have on small bands playing small venues in the UK? Before we answer this, I just want to say, Turnstile Blues, you've been a very loyal follower on Twitter, so thank you very much for your question, uh, and let's answer this fucker. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess one thing is, it's a very fucking deep subject that we could go on <laughs> at length about. So maybe we could. These guys want to do a special. Well, I want to do a special about Brexit. I'm happy. But I want to make it fun. Chris has just went over to his and bag and Do you know what I'd love to do? Do you know what I'd love to do? If we can find I have one, a PowerPoint I'd, ready. I'd, I'd, I want to get a vote leave person on the show. Really? You Aye. know any? That's a good no, idea. I've never met one. I've deleted. I've deleted all of them off my Facebook. As per best but, practice. Okay, uh, we should stick to the if, actual if question here, here. Right? So if, if any vote leave people are actually listening to this podcast, you're entitled to your opinion. Please. 
please get in touch with us and we can. You, uh, it on. you yeah. as an English person, are entitled <laughs> to your opinions. You, you as a Rangers supporter, are entitled. No, I mean, you as an ex uh, expat in Spain, are entitled yeah. to your opinions. So, but I mean, before we go too deep on it in this episode, uh-huh. how much of an impact will Brexit have? On small bands playing small venues in the UK, so we 15, don't need to do fifteen percent. Exactly, yeah. 15%. we don't need to do the full implications of Brexit on the entire music inter- ind- industry. This is small bands playing small venues in the My UK. My flippant answer to this is, I mean, did you like bands coming from Europe to play? Because it ain't gonna happen. Did you, did, has your favourite band ever played in Europe before? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> can't see that being a thing anytime soon. Um. My answer is who the fuck knows because we don't even know if there's going to be a deal. We don't know what type of deal there's going to be, and we are fourteen days <laughs> from Brexit. That time of it's recording, been yeah. three and a half years to prepare for this. No, four and a half. Will this go out like a day before Brexit? Oh yeah, we're recording this on the sixteenth yeah, we'll of December. A day, so a day before, be, we'll actually probably be either uh, New people Year's might Eve know or the day how good that. the deal is. Oh, how exciting! Imagine that. <laughs> how exciting. <laughs> But I mean, who the fuck knows? We don't know if we're going to have food yeah. on the 1st of January. We don't know if I'll be able to eat a courgette <laughs> until fucking July. You'll like not be, you'll not be, you'll not be able in. to call it at that anymore. You have to call it zucchini. zucchini well, exactly. Yeah. We, we literally don't know if there will be enough medicine for people in January. So how the fuck are we supposed to know... Uh, what the effects of small bands playing in small venues are I mean, going to be. That's a pretty hostile answer to terms No, 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 not talk- <laughs> How the fuck are we meant to know? <laughs> no, but, like, this Who's, who dresses the best on stage? How fucking <laughs> dare you ask me that? How the fuck could I tell you that? I don't fucking know these. Oh my god. No, the problem is, nobody knows, and. I know. Alright. I didn't want to ruin your Christmas surprise, Chris, but I've. I've I've got you a big axe to just hack the fuck up all your musical instruments with like that. That's just that's, that's your Christmas I, present. Like, so about firewood in twenty twenty one. I mean, we. I, I mean, I've known Chris for about twelve, thirteen years now, at least. And um, he fucking loves Europe. Well, what what would we say? I mean, he he loves Europe. I love My favorite thing about Chris is his French accent when he speaks to French people. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> but also. One of my favourite things about him is how he can maybe be misconstrued as being a contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> and I reckon now is the time that he's going to come out in favour of Brexit. <laughs> this like, this like, might be the episode. It's the, plot, it's the heel turn. It's yeah, the Montreal screw job of this fucking, <laughs> of our fucking podcast. <laughs> uh, so Chris, take it away. Uh, yeah, uh, Brexit is actually, it already has been a big deal for my band. And yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer the question in two parts One is a musician and one is a promoter mm-hmm. And I mean Dave, clearly David and I both promote bands I think the, the way I promote bands Or at least where I tend to find my bands Maybe is more directly affected by it um, Because I work more on the kind of DIY underground side of things And less with agents and things like this um, it's, it's more of a bespoke sort of thing and that, that's definitely going to be impacted but as as a musician I mean we were we were due to tour uh, my own group David, my, David, my own w- group David wasn't driving us this time so we expected <laughs> to get through the tour relatively safely yeah. um, but uh, we were due to tour in April and it, it fell through due to Covid but even just in the run up to that um, for example we had extra expenditure we had to invest in a whole of the driving permits, not just for one territory, but we were we were touring in France, we were touring in Spain, 
we were touring potentially in Switzerland and in Northern Italy. Previously, just 18 months ago, that was nothing. I mean, we drove to Folkestone, we crossed, then we drove to the gigs, and that was it. Now, months in advance, we had to apply and pay for driving permits in all of these territories, or at least driving permits that covered... Some cover multiple territories, but there's different categories for different areas. So it's extra expenditure, extra preparation, because if you then went and drove in these territories without the driving permits, you were in violation of your insurance. So if I went and drove in these territories in some nugget in Naples, and there's plenty of them... uh, (laughs) We're getting back to the racist against Italians <laughs> this is, this in is, episode two. I mean, this is this this is where my family is from originally, and I'm pretty sure my grand fled Naples because of the parking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, if some nugget drove into our car, but we hadn't attained the permit, then we would have defaulted on our insurance. I mean, th- who knows what the permutations of that are? The the fact is, nobody knows what the permutations mm-hmm. of that are right now. But would I have gone to jail? for having no insurance would have just had to foot this enormous bank busting bill for some stupid fucking hire van that you know could have been written off by a simple bumper accident you know and there's so many unknowns and when you are on the borderline as most DIY bands are these things can make and break a band and I say that from experience I've been in I've literally gone to court to keep my band in business against a sort of unscrupulous hire company and I know how difficult it is. I know how much rides on these, like, what might maybe two or three thousand pounds for a DIY band. So there's all sorts of, like, domino knock-on effects. And it's like, it is the butterfly effect. That that one mistake with the driving permit, which we've never had to deal with before, suddenly has this effect of uh, negating your entire insurance policy, has the effect of getting you, landing you in a police station in fucking the south of Italy in the middle of the night. There's there's all kinds of things can happen from that. And this is the this is the thing with Brexit. This is the thing with no deal, is all these unknowns. And there's so many other costs associated with that. You know, the visas for working in countries. I mean, we literally had to get to a stage where one of our members is uh, is Italian. Um, Luigi, the drunkard, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Sopranos drunkard, um, and we were like, okay, do we need to make basically make the band his, mm-hmm. so that any merchandise is effectively his merchandise, so we don't have to then pay double tax on it. I mean, there's so many stupid things that you don't consider, yeah. and when you consider how little bands make now, and and this level, I mean, we only just. A tour for us is a good tour if it breaks even on the fees, and then that way anything you sell is profit. And the whole idea is that it's a public publicity exercise for for your band. That's the reality of touring at that level, unfortunately. And it might seem naive to some, but it's a labour of love for so many people. And that labour of love, that entire grassroots venture, which is in, in sheer headcount, probably much, much, much bigger than the mainstream. I mean, the number of bands that are trying to exist uh, on those terms. Is so huge, and mm. these are the musicians that inevitably feed into the mainstream acts. You know, you take bands like Torquemada that we spoke about earlier on uh, before we were recording. That went on to do Take a Worm for a Walk Week. That went on to do uh, Twilight Sad, and members of them went on to do other things. So these are the bands that end up becoming big acts. Um, Frightened Rabbit, bands like that, that start at small levels. You know, and this grassroots scene, even though it might not be the band that ends up becoming famous, has a huge, huge part in that. Ian, 
your cousin, mm-hmm. Ian Stewart. Ian's toured with a number of DIY bands and Ian's seen these things and then Ian's gone on to play with Phantom Band, he's gone on to do, you know, to, to work as a drummer with other bands as a session player. And the sheer level of erosion, I mean you are you are kicking the supporting beams out from mm-hmm. so much of the music industry that it's so hard for people at the surface to perceive. You're not you're you're not at the surface level going to be like, oh Jerry Sermon doesn't have such and such or Lewis Capaldi doesn't have such and such and I'm not shitting on them. But what I'm saying is the entire infrastructure that built up to that, all the session drummers and the people and the studio engineers and the people that paid the studio Even that's the fucking drivers and the sound yeah, guys. Totally, exactly. Yeah, totally. there, there's mm. so much of there, there's there's a, a an extinction level erosion and so sorry to labour the point. For idle listeners not really sure what impact this will have. It is massive. It has become like a full-time job now to try and arrange what used to be fairly seamless just to go and play a bunch of shows. It used to be pretty easy to jump in a van, drive across, play a bunch of gigs, not worry about the tax, come back. As long as you made made sure everyone had their passports and nobody was trying to smuggle fucking crack back into the UK, you were all right. Mm -hmm. Now you're crossing multiple borders. You've got multiple hire companies. You can't take your van necessarily into Germany if it's insured for a certain there's so many other fucking things we are not we, we're musicians a lot is and not everybody in music is blessed with the same level of like attention span or education to deal with these things and nor should they be expected nor should they be expected yeah, i don't because i don't want my musicians to be really good at um, immigration administration exactly and, but like, I thing, want them to be really good at drinking and smoking and making weird music and here's <laughs> a further implication of that it becomes uh, a classist thing because your access to education starts to determine your ability to succeed in what shouldn't be a, a sort of intellect based mm-hmm. activity it's an artistic thing and as we all know from loads of like history's best acts they weren't the smartest people in the world but they made the music that changed your life so there's so many moving parts here and it really is a much more serious problem at that lower level very quickly as a promoter the the opposite is true so a lot of the reasons that we were able to tour was because we did concert exchanges with European DIY acts especially in the punk and the DIY scene my band were hoping to do that next this year yeah no, so you're like we'll do six shows in Scotland we'll do four shows in the north of England and then we'll come over to France and we'll do like half a dozen shows with you guys in the north of France and then we'll do two in Belgium and then we'll go home this kind of thing is so normal and it's the lifeblood especially of like the hardcore scene and the kind of more noise oriented scene I'll talk about the hardcore scene when, you, when yeah. you're done and also and on a larger sc- well not on a larger scale but on a different scale so many bands are made up of people from different countries that's like very true yeah yeah even in this office we're working in my work office right now we have interns we have one person who came to work here has moved here from germany got people from slovenia from greece Mm -hmm. and this incredible interchange of talent and just this networking of humanity there's so many daft fucking ramifications of this and ramifications that we don't even have ironed out but the, the the um What's the reciprocity of the touring scene is now affected as well. You just start to really rip apart all this harmony and all this cross pollination that exists between these these styles of music, and it's it's unavoidably detrimental to the overall health of the scene. And I mean, this is the kind of minutia that you don't expect anybody on Channel Four News or whatever to really appreciate. But it's the fact that this is happening in every single sector 
of mm. every single business. Uh, exactly. So we like, don't this appreciate this it in, like, fishing. you know, DIY yeah. alternative music. But this is also happening in fucking microbiology, Sector the cotton industry, production. and things like, like that. It's yeah. happening in the world of, like, vaccines. Yeah. You know, and, and it's happening in places that have real, real, proper life-changing consequences. So, yes... There are huge, huge implications for especially the lower level. What I will say is the higher level of this, they have management, they have tiers of bookers, they have fees that are able to absorb things like driving permits, they're able to absorb these other costs. At the lower level, DIY bands, DIY promoters don't have the fees that are able to absorb this. We're constantly on the breadline. We're haggling for 20 euros or 30 euros or 40 euros maximum here and there. And if it costs an extra 60 euros to get another hire, to get another driving permit, that's the entire profit margin. You see, mm-hmm. maybe just miss out an entire country for that. I mean, it, there, it's it's really hard to get across how difficult it is at that level mm-hmm. and, and how corrosive this could be in the long term. Um, what the fuck are we going to do about it? I don't know. The DIY scene will keep trying to do this, but what it's going to take is people rallying around their DIY scene in support. It, yeah, and instead, not, of, instead of spending 100 quid of going to see Kanye West or you yeah. know, Taylor Swift, spend that on £25 tickets. But see, like I would say even lower than that. I would say if you are appalled by Brexit and the implications for the DIY scene, make a promise to yourself that you're going to get your ass off the couch and away from a fucking box set at least one night a week to go and see some underground show that someone's putting on because mm-hmm. they are. it's getting harder and harder and harder for them. Those promoters are going to the cash line more often, and I've done this, but they're more and more and more often going to that cash line to try and pay these bands. Go and fucking help them. If if you have a vote, we've spoken about it on the show before, I get incredibly frustrated at people's lack of embrace of the power that capitalism does give them, which is, you know, the, the boycott vote. But you also have a vote as a consumer. And you can put that money away from the Live Nation slash DF concerts and you can put it to the smaller promoters. Everybody operating below that line is in some way or another encouraging that network and you can go out and you can invest in them and you can go to the show, go buy a bit of fucking merch, you can buy a vinyl or you can just just do fucking something. Don't just fucking moan. This is the thing about everybody's moaning about Brexit. I'm sorry and I'm very hyper aware of everybody just fucking bitching about this fucking subject. I really hope all the people that are bitching about it are as equally motivated to go and do something about it and to do something about it there you go, you have a solution. Actually vote with your feet and be there for one of these shows and keep that fucking scene alive. And the chances are you're going to go and see something that's really very good, that's been curated, because the chancers aren't coming on tour anymore because it's not worth their while. So the people that are doing it are the people that are fucking really serious about it. And I I mean, if anything, they're going to be even better on average. So just please don't just fucking add to the chorus of fucking grumbling. Go out and do something. I can add to that. Uh, so one of my very good friends who is my flatmate is in a band who has a lot of the, those DIY contacts in Europe, uh, mm. like the same as you have. They've already been asked to play shows there in April and March. And they're like, well, let's start booking stuff. Let's start booking the van and the driver and all that. And his response was, lads, uh, the fact that it's December and we don't fucking know what's going to happen and we're trying to plan this shit just shows you how fucking mental this situation is. You know, um, I would expect lines fucking Dover to, to get over the, the border. That's a big thing, by the way. It's like the delays. If you've booked a show in the north of France, you can no longer drive to Dover at like 9am and be sure that you're going to get to your gig in Lille at 
five pm, which mm. is insane because it's like a fucking three year drive. Yeah, you know, but it's insane. But you can't be sure. Yeah. So there's a chap called Howard Goodall who posted a massive thread on Twitter about this, and he just kind of highlighted a lot of the the potential things that could go wrong. So, you know, you might need a visa. To go and work, every single member state controls its own taxation laws, so you might be you might you be have to pay VAT to twice. Pay, yeah, you might have to do that. You have um, to get refunds and stuff as well. Yeah, on your merch. See, it used to be the case that when you went into Switzerland, if you were unlucky enough to be stopped, they would tally your merch. You would have to pay. Remember, we did this. Mm-hmm. You had to pay the VAT up front. Sorry, I'm for the listeners. I'm saying to Dave because when we were on tour, we were always paranoid about this. Yeah, we we'd like unscrew the backs of amps and hide our our merch. Yeah, I remember when the, we crossed the you know the huge viaduct. Yep. Cause Remember was, we stopped there, yeah. and drilled open the back of our fucking amps, yeah. put our merch in the back of the amps, closed the amps again because sometimes what happens is they make you pay the VAT up front so you can pay like fucking £900, two grand, whatever, and then they reimburse you when you leave. Yeah, like I mean, it's it's if you're unlucky enough to get pulled up on that. Um, remember, we were lucky enough to get a guy that was a big Foo Fighters fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were like a the yeah, rock band in real life. You're like a yeah, Foo Fighters, yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I mean, this this is imagine that at every fucking border. Yeah, every single border. You know, uh, he was saying that if you play an instrument, you'll need to pay for an ATA carnet, which means that carnets are a nightmare. Yeah. Switzerland, you need them, mm-hmm. and it's it's eighty euros or something like that. We well, paid. if you, if you need to get one from the London the London Chamber of Commerce, and this way they cost three hundred fifty one pounds each. And it only last twelve months, so yeah. I mean, straight away, like that—that's your profit margin gone well, for the fucking entire tour. In just a- for one instrument. In April, know? we paid. We'd already paid for our, our permit mm. for the tour, and then the tour got cancelled because of COVID. So that that permit's expired now. Yeah, and then uh, if you've got any instruments which have uh, materials that are derived from endangered species, then. <laughs> You get a serious problem. You, know, you might have like, a snakeskin Fender amp cover. You know, like, you never know what's happening. I'm not, I'm, you, you laugh about it, but there's, there's fucking ivory in your in your fret dots. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, that's insane. Yeah, I've got I've got wo- I've got a woolly mammoth Floyd Rose tremolo. And, and, and you know, <laughs> I've, got know, a pan, know I, I've got a panda whammy pedal. I, I it's like know. a wee panda's foot. <laughs> but Rosewood in, it, so, in and of itself was endangered. Like it was, they had to stop using it to make guitar fretboards for a long time. I bet the um, listeners never thought it would be fucking. It totally. <laughs> the minutia, <laughs> it's like Chris said, the minutiae is insane. You know, and then that's not even about the EU haulage license your driver needs to fucking cart your fucking sorry ah, ass and your pals across mm. the EU, which is. Insane, and you can only get one that's got a license because it's not like your pal can get it. And you know, if you're bringing over heroin, they still fucking eat. Yep, absolutely. How, how dare they? How? Da- I mean, but I mean, yeah, you're right. There's there's so many fucking ramifications of it, right? Mm. There's so many fucking little things. I mean, I'd, actually, I would say one of the main things, and I didn't even mention it, is the health insurance. And the yeah, health he insurance actually mentioned that as well. It's terrifying yeah. because. Mm. I've had loads of problems with depression and panic attacks and it used to always be a big thing that I I had to be sure that if something happened if I because when you're on tour exhaustion kicks in bad Dave fuck mm. you know that as a driver and when you're exhausted panic attacks and these kind of things like fainting spells can really kick in and I've ended up when I've been in Germany I've had to go and get medical help to try and deal with just sheer exhaustion related I mean, we were in Germany when it was like fucking like 39 degrees and we hadn't slept properly in like four days and I was like fucking losing it right imagine being over there and then facing the medical bills not being able to go and get help because you didn't know where you stood that kind of thing well, is I mean, terrifying we, yeah we go back to me crashing the van yeah. in the south of France like if we'd gone into a wall rather than a curb and like the five of us didn't have E111 forms and we also didn't have the 
correct insurance on the on the van, we'd have been absolutely yeah. fucked. If Colin had punched you in the face <laughs> and broke your nose, <laughs> yeah, the fuck's exactly. going to pay, pay to get that beautiful nose reset? Yeah, I know. Anyway, just, by just the way, cap, I'll cap that off. Um, all the stuff of that that we've just spoken about, that was November 11th, right? There was when that guy tweeted about this stuff. I'm not saying that he like they're all correct, but Chris can Chris can just attest to the to the possible correctness of it, right? They're all correct. Um, <laughs> and negotiations weren't even underway for that kind of shit. Can we imagine they're underway now? On the dying days, they've of had Brexit. four years. Mate, everyone's sorted. Sorted. shit. Not yeah. everyone's sorted. It's fine. So, can you? I think the thing that always the thing news I, just in the thing that always comes back to me when I think about this shit is like I have friends who have toured in America. And they've had to like literally change their names <sighs> and Facebook. That's I mean that's, that's, that's dodgy. Fuck. That's, that's dodgy. a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's a fucking nightmare. It's dodgy as fuck, right? If you have to like get like a regular visa, to, a regular visa to go over there, and you're actually working, to be and they an find alien like you're of exceptional yeah, ability. <laughs> you know, and you're fucked. Like in, can, can we? So, can we actually finish the subject just by saying the notion that striking up deals with the USA and Australia is in, is is in any way fucking comparable with striking up deals with the EU to go and play in the USA? I mean, if the if, if the UK grassroots industry was dependent on playing in the USA, it would be non-existent mm-hmm. because it is totally. so financially prohibitive. It's mm-hmm. such a fucking one-way street. Yeah. US uh, American bands can come over here very readily and play. We cannot go over there and play. You've got multiple bands cheating flying over separately that's the not, point like, not the, able the to advertise aspects, their shows yeah. you the can't aspect it yeah. i got stopped mm-hmm. i got stopped at fucking customs in canada on a completely non-music related trip to check out my band to make sure we weren't playing i mean it's so primitive and then australia oh we're gonna fucking deal with oh well excuse me it's not next door mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a fucking trek yes. you know you know 700 pounds yeah. per person to yeah. just get the flight i mean it, it, it's a it's a it's absolutely fucking absurd. So, so turnstile blues, you got more than your money's worth out of that fucking. Do you know answer. what? I think that might be a bonus episode within <laughs> the Christmas episode. So that might be Let's, section. Yeah, we need to, we need to we need to hit something two. light off the okay. back of that. So, what, you want something light? Chris? I want some fucking well, light. something. I'm light. sorry. Can I go for a pee first? I didn't do that. Uh. <laughs> So that was uh, that was intense. That was intense. Eh? That was our little quick answer. <laughs> so we'll just skip Thanks, over Chris. that, guys, and yeah, then uh, keeping, do a proper show on Before it. we go into something light in the next question, I just want to say <laughs> a lot of these questions have come from the same people, and we know there's a lot more people out there. So where the fuck were you, folks? Come well, on. I, I don't know. I think there come were on. a few people asked questions that were just shit. <laughs> well, that is definitely true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't make the cut. So, um, um, I think so. the best way for them to make it up to us is just to give us money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you could go to patreon.com forward slash unsungpod and give us some cash. Yeah, we do love you, really. Um, we do, we do a lot of cool stuff, and we do. Dave's right. We do genuinely love you. Um, <laughs> no, I mean it's absolutely. I, mean, I really don't. I've never met you. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that people are doing that. Like that's. I like. Makes I, my, I just makes think it's ridiculous warm, that man. people actually listen to us. I mean, it's really nice. Thanks. It's very nice. Thank <laughs> I, you. I, genuinely I don't do. love them. I mean, yeah. some of them. Maybe a very small amount. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Ricky Stewart, Mister Stewart, are there any good famous bands with members that were also famous for something other than music? Now that I could doesn't this. necessarily say famous before the music. So, for instance, 
lost profit. <laughs> <laughs> you are taking the piss. Yeah, I'm definitely. Piss. Yeah. Uh, um, but we, yeah, we decided not to answer this one ourselves. We uh, gave it to our good friend and occasional co-host. Vicky Victoria Jane Henry Yes uh, so Let's Victoria find out what that fucking Raj has to Hi, say Vicky. about it <laughs> Come on Give us your good answer Okay so people in music Who are famous for things Other than music Genuinely the very first person That came in my mind Was Dougie Vipon The drummer from Deacon Blue The Scottish band Jeez. He is also A Pretty well known Broadcaster In Scotland um, Wow he does like sports news and stuff like that. Uh, Justin Timberlake and Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears, they were all in the Mickey Mouse Club before they became famous. Actually, so was Ryan Gosling and he's famous for being an actor, but he also uh, has his own band um, who are a bit like a shit version of Timber Timber. <laughs> Like, I don't think you can say people like see people like Tom Waits that are in films and things like that. Wait, I've got. I that. wouldn't say they're famous for being actors, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, Tom Waits when he's in films eh, is enjoyable because he's famous for being Tom Waits, the singer. <laughs> so I don't think stuff like that counts. So yeah, there you go. That's my thoughts on that. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Vicky. Right, Diggy fucking vibe on. Diggy vibe on. I think that's his first shout out on this uh, uh, podcast. What is uh, for for people outside of Scotland? What's Diggy vibe on famous for? Diggy vibe on is famous for a. Being the drummer in Deacon Blue, <laughs> and B, being a sports reporter on BBC Scotland yeah. and talking about football, and I, ge- I genuinely don't know what he's more famous for now because um, a lot of people will know him just from being the sports reporter on the news. Soccer. And it's like, did you know he was actually the drummer in Deacon Blue? <laughs> uh, you know, so that's a that's a classic mum bit of knowledge in yeah. Scotland. F- uh, f- <laughs> Oh my god, that was almost better than the actual proper answer. <laughs> Pat Nevin, not Fat Nevin. Um, Pat Nevin was uh, an enemy writer. He used to write anonymously for the enemy. Mm, that's true. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's also got a PhD. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. My uh, good friend and occasional colleague, Ali McRae, fucking hates Pat Nevin for some reason. I Why? Like, I don't know, I like Pat Nevin. I think he's a good lad. I mean, he's well, he's in the all-time Everton eleven. Yeah, next to James McFadden and Thomas Gravison. And uh, Wayne Rooney. Mm-hmm. I would like to add uh, Mr Peter Capaldi and Mr Craig Ferguson for being the Dream Boys, a punk band together, but also very famous. Right. Yeah. Very famous. They were in a band together. Yeah, they were in a band together. Holy shit. Which is... That is pretty good. Mental. Uh, I've actually written down here, Brian Adams is actually a really famous photographer now. 
Nobody would give a yeah. fuck about Brian I mean, Adams' like, photography. He's not, he's not made a good album for like a long time, but like, <laughs> see if see if you're into fashion photography, he is. He is like. Yeah, no, I know. I don't know anything about fashion photography, so he might be right. He's very nobody. Nobody is fucking checking out his photos. If it wasn't for some of the 69 Do you, yeah, know, do, do you know why he's not been making that many records recently? Because he makes so much fucking money off of photo- photographing models Yeah, fair <laughs> play I mean, I mean, what are the most famous celebrity bands? There's Keanu Reeves, Dogstar Dogstar Terrible. Terrible. Vicky, uh, Vicky was right to mention um, Ryan Gosling, by the way. He has that fucking ghastly uh, Dead Man's Bones band. And he plays one of those, like, headless basses. Mm. You know, the ones with oh, the strings yeah. bend behind the top? Fuck Kevin that. Costner's got a band. Uh, Brothers of Bacon. The Kevin, the yeah, Bacon the Ke- Brothers. Costner Blues or something yeah, like that. Something yeah, something like that. Uh, there's obviously Russell Crowe, 30-odd foot of grunts. <laughs> Kevin Costner on the modern West. Did uh, I say Kevin Costner? No, I did. Sorry, I was just... Oh, we, oh, you I'm missed drunk. that. She and, <laughs> I'm just at the drunk She point. and him. She and him, well... Uh, Scarlett Johansson Zoe de Janeiro Scarlett Johansson as well Yeah Like Zoe and Scarlett you, yeah, Are actually You know Do you right. not get the feeling With that Scarlett Johansson one though That she was in that band For like three days And then they were like No I get out Well yeah but It's just know, like a It was a solo album, album though She released two solo albums I have I have some way better ones than this yeah, Go for it I don't think you do I've got some good ones as well <laughs> Do you want to go first And try and steal my thunder Because yeah. I mean I've stolen your thunder A few um, times this year I mean Kiss <laughs> Because everyone knows Kiss for being not just a band, but also a branding fucking juggernaut. Who's Kiss? <laughs> um, massive. Dr. Dre for Beats. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that came after the music, but yeah, all right. Death Row Records as well. A producer, kind of, I know producers' music, but it's all kind of music related. But I hate to be the yeah. guy, but these are all terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Corgan owns Impact Wrestling. <laughs> Fuck off. And now everyone's NWA wrestling. Oh, yeah, so. Because Billy Corgan's famous for being a wrestling owner. Yeah, he is if you don't like Smash Bros. Fucking like check this guy, man. <laughs> oh my god. But I actually said there's a bunch of punks, right? He's, Greg Graffin's really well known for being. Uh, for being. You fucking like bad religion. Uh, uh, that's the wine talk. Cats all. Cats all. Start that again. I didn't mean. No. <laughs> Start that again before we get picked the court. Uh, okay, Graffin's obviously really well known for being a doctor of geology and a perf. Yeah, perf. <laughs> uh, and then maybe if you're not into punk, Dexter Holland's currently working on the cure for AIDS, which is insane. Is that actually true? That's actually yeah, but he's not. He's not famous for it though. No, but I mean, it depends. The by the way, will you move who's, who's by the other? way, can we just get us out the road right now? Okay, so COVID, we got the vaccine. In eight and a half months, don't don't do it, Chris. Please don't. Aids, do it. Chris. Chris, stop. we just we just don't care. Stop. Well, no, do you know what? it's this fucking stigmatized thing. We just don't care enough about AIDS. That's that's the problem. Or cancer. I think we care about. Or the flu. Cancer is not a virus, though. That's just not a virus. Or the flu. Well, often it's caused by viruses, yeah. though. Oh, th- I think I think that the problem the underlying actually in second thoughts I don't think we're going to solve this. <laughs> <laughs> I think the underlying the the under the under our- sort of. <laughs> The main problem here is money <laughs> and oh. resources, right? That's like why this has not happened, right? Mm, nah, you know, if, if if you own, if everybody who owns a fucking medical company in the world starts throwing money and resources at one thing, you can cure a lot. No, of let's shit, not get serious about this. Anyway, let's be, right, trying to cure AIDS, so right. you know how cool is that? All of Mark's answers were terrible. Mine are good. Tom Waits. <laughs> Vicky, Vicky was right no, about I'd, Tom Waits, though. 
Tom Waits is famous for being Tom Waits. Yeah, if I you watch agree. Down I... By, if you watch Down by Law, you're like, oh, isn't it fucking cool that Tom Waits as Tom Waits in a film as someone else? Yeah, I I'm mean, not. I'm not accepting any answer where they are famous for being a musician first. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Mm-hmm. So, with that in mind, Steve Van Zant and Sopranos. No. He's in the fucking so He's in the street band Mate no Yeah but no, it, my, A lot no. of people what, no, what, no, Why, why no. are you disagreeing with that Because he's just because he's, he's in the luck. fucking street band But well, Little Steve He's got his own fucking nickname In that band Who the fuck Actually knew that Steve Van Zandt Was in the East street band Alright yeah Sopranos, no, no, Sopranos no, 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 is more point. famous Than the East street band No I'm going to call that one a draw No Because he was a musician first For And then he became long, famous long, long time. But then everybody was like Oh he was actually in yeah. that So it's a draw And he's now more famous for that mm. individually, not more, no, I, n- not more famous than Bruce Springsteen. I'm not saying that, but as an individual, he's more famous for his role in Sopranos, and Sopranos is bigger than the E Street Band, and Bruce Springsteen is bigger than the Sopranos. Mm. I, I, I think that one disagree. Is, at your peril. I, I think that one is on the fence. Right. Okay. So Bathory, Jonas Ackerland was a drummer. <laughs> Okay. Hmm. And Jonas Ackerland, director. Yeah, because he didn't really get famous in general the at all. And cock. Got famous. Yeah, he's a cock, though. Um, and I have the winner. Mm-hmm. Brian Cox of DD. <laughs> I mean he's definitely Thieves Gone beyond He's gone beyond music Can only get better Yeah that's true Dave um, I think you've mentioned All the ones I was going to talk Dave, about so All the good ones Do you know what In my research one? that I Oh found by the way Arbiter. You guys never mentioned That Stephen Seagal Is in Thunderbox And uh, Jared Leto In 30 seconds to we Don't talk about Jared Leto No I know but <laughs> I mean there's a lot of The thing shit is Shit bands Jared Leto I think is an interesting one though right because Jared Leto's musical career a bit like uh, the girl is it Taylor Momsen and the yeah yeah, the Pretty Reckless the Pretty Reckless yeah so Jared Leto and her I think are are interesting because they were famous-ish as actors and then they got into a band that became very popular and sort of rivaled their fame as an actor so I don't Mm. think it's one of these things like Ryan Gosling where he's a hugely famous actor and he's also in a band on the side and you're like oh that's cool trivia like a lot of people for Jared Leto they would only know him from the band it's like a generational thing yeah yeah so I think like Taylor Momsen and Jared Leto are an interesting scenario because they have their their other career or their their sideline has actually got to such a level that it's sort of rivals. Yeah, it. they are separately famous, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ha- I'm just going to say that um, the best celebrity song of all time is Stars Are Blind by Paris Hilton. Hmm, interesting choice. Top, so. but I'll, I'll just go with it because I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Uh, I was going to mention me perhaps Meatloaf. For a generation of people, he is Ooh. he is the guy in Rocky Horror Picture Show and also as a uh, this is Bob. Bob's yeah, a big bitch Bob. Yeah, I mean one 
potentially breakout performance in a film and it does not a career make. He didn't capitalise upon that. That's true. Um, he is still meatloaf. The reason I thought about that is because my favourite thing about Fight Club was watching Jared Little get his, his face punched in. So Yeah, I mean, that film is pivotal for a, a number of reasons. Uh, but one thing that I found out in my research during that is, you know, vitamin water. Yep. 50 Cent owns that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I just found it out in the research. It's, it's fucking horrible. Yeah, it's, it's pretty horrible. Mm. 50 Cent, of course, declared bankrupt several times. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. And still a very rich man. Uh, all right, what's next? The next question is uh, from my good friend Jason, whose surname I've once once uh, tried to. Simplakos. Yeah, Simplakos is, is potentially correct. He, he laughed at us the last time he said that, but yeah. Um, we try to be racist to the entire Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> and my for Greek a penny, friends, and for a pound. My Greek friends. Um, a brief discussion of bands slash artists that made you consider your age and the emotional implications of such an introspective... I mean, this could be a quick one. This, we're talking about emotions. You, this but, was um, easily the most sensible question and was, yeah. deep question that we had. I had to actually take a separate page for this question. He is Greek, so, you know, he's yeah. a history of thinking. Philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> um, someone else go first. Uh, so, okay... Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you're the philosopher. You studied this shit, right? I, I've got a degree in philosophy. Right, okay, yeah. okay. You and Jason go uh, head to head. I mean, I guess we're just thinking about those times where you feel weird about how old you are. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, it happened later on for the It happened. In, sorry, it happened in episode one of this podcast. <laughs> I mean, just thinking about episode one of this podcast <laughs> makes me feel old. <laughs> Actually, it makes so me long feel, ago. I mean. <laughs> This this podcast feels like it's been going for thirty years. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> Even so as when I was like, oh, recording in the old it? studio, um, you know, three years ago, talking about Mashuga and Death Grips, mm-hmm. it know, seems like a decade ago. South side of Glasgow, next yeah. to that big supermarket, Strawberry Garden, and Govan Hill, mm-hmm. yeah, which oh. was recently cancelled. Um, I mean I'm just kind of thinking of like really nostalgic bands that take me back to an era that I can't that's interesting I, I had the reverse thought are you thinking of like new stuff that makes new-ish you feel stuff yeah so oh, I like so I, I listen to Bring Me Horizon and they've shifted like they're roughly the same age as, as me and you Dave right sorry Chris <laughs> <laughs> motherfuckers uh, and <laughs> but they, they've shifted so much with age and they're, they're more like a lot of young folk really fucking like them they're really in tune with what's cool just now <laughs> just even it's, that exactly that, fucking, that's exactly that, that's it that's it that's a it. lot of the young folk that's really it like you know that, 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 that totally highlights my point you know it kind of makes me consider like my age and how out of touch I am with culture it doesn't make me lament or anything like that you know I'm, I'm not I'm not arsed about it but <laughs> it just kind of makes me kind of think well Fuck, I remember when those guys were listening to the same music that I was listening to back then mm-hmm. and making that kind of music only really badly. And now they're fucking huge and working with young blood and <laughs> all that. Fuck me huge. You know? <laughs> fucking mean, huge, man. So, funnily enough, you mentioned... So, on the opposite of that, you mentioned Idlewild, which was one of our first episodes, the remote part. I remember my girlfriend bought me that album for my 60th episode birthday. One. Yep. Episode one. Yeah. Episode one of the podcast. My, bur- my girlfriend bought me that for my 16th birthday. Fuck off. And two years ago, it was the 15th anniversary of it. 
I should I, mean, I should be getting cancelled just for doing a podcast with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is so creepy, man. Fucking <laughs> well, hell. But then uh, I was already jaded when I listened to that album. <laughs> like right now, like Deftones have just released White Pony twentieth anniversary. Black Stallion, yeah. And it's like it's got like amazing fucking shit. And what's really fucking weird is that Ben Power, who is on this podcast, who we know as a a friend. So like we are now at the stage He's going to chip in a question He's going to chip in a question (laughs) on this episode Has remixed a song on White Pony The song on White Pony The song on White Pony Which 20 fucking years ago 20 years ago I was sitting there as a teenager Well you're right You're bleeding out of control Totally enveloped in I'm just going This is so beyond me Like this is like Bands like that are just like out in space I don't know well, let's, when let, I'll ever let, meet any of them I will right. never come close to this it's just dreamland I was playing the N64 all the time <laughs> I, don't want, I, I don't want to cut your grass here right but we are this is one of the things we're recording in David's studio which is also his workplace and Dave works as a, a promoter and we're surrounded by posters of acts uh, that David's kind of promotions company and group have worked with and they're like a lot of the acts that when we were younger we were like holy fucking shit yeah. like who are these people and and now we're surrounded by posters I know, of like, like John right, Carpenter and right behind Slim. you I can see the Silvermount Zion Silvermount Zion. fucking Zion Silver Apples yeah. Battles Sonic Youth <laughs> I mean it, it's a, like it is working in music I, I am in email contact with bands like these yeah I mean it's like you know what years ago it, it, a weird thing like I was going through my phone book the other day and like just I was scrolling down it past Ian Mackay and I was like <laughs> if you could have fucking told yeah. like 17 year old me that I would have Ian Mackay in my fucking phone book that I, I would have just like exploded on the spot and I, I think like there is an element of working in music that has that effect in you. You're always a fan. Like, if you started as a fan, and this, I think, goes back to a little bit of my cynicism of people that come into it from a very corporate angle. But if you come in as a fucking super fan and a young musician, and these are the people that made you motivated to do what you do, not by doing a course or not by trying to, like, just avoid getting a job in a bank, but because you were fucking blown away by end hits or Silvermount Reveries or... The, the noi or so, something like this mm-hmm. like these kind of things like I think when you end up one day you just have a like a reality check moment where you're like oh fuck I just spoke to that guy <laughs> and it's a, it's a really really interesting effect and I know yeah. for a fact as well that this goes up another level because we speak to Ben pretty regularly and Ben has the same thing Ben sat backstage in Iceland with John Carpenter before John Carpenter went on stage Ben's like I grew up watching these fucking movies, man. That's fucking John Carpenter grumbling mm. about going on stage when he, he just... Do you know, know what? Even, funnily enough, sitting in this office with people I work with... Th- so, this is Simon from Edder's desk. desk yeah. uh, that's Joe, who plays in Admiral Fallow, you know, sat there. And then, you know, Ryan from Pause is over there. And then we're all just, like, sitting doing an office job together. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, these are just all my pals. And then I'm like, oh, no, but I really respect your music it's really fucking weird <laughs> that's, it's weird that you mention that because I hadn't really thought of that when I did my old podcast I interviewed both Jim and Tom from Jimmy World and I mm. grew up listening to those guys 
Jimmy Wheat World were just another one. Not that I've met them or anything, but they just define me being 16 yeah. or 15. Mm-hmm. And I am now 20 years older. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm s- <laughs> like... Everything hurts when so, I move. So, no, but I t- have had Jimmy Eat World in my life longer than I didn't have Jimmy Eat World in my life, and that seems really to, weird. To roll that back into the question, it's like uh, from from the perspective of the podcast, yeah, it's kind of weird. But Jason, like from the perspective of being a booker, it's sometimes really fucking weird when you just suddenly end up stumbling across something that the the younger you mm-hmm. would have been like incredulous, like awestruck. Like yeah. aw- I remember waiting. Four hours. I arrived four hours early for a pitch shifter concert to try and meet J.S. Clayton. Yeah. (laughs) Just outside the show, freezing my fucking butt off, right? And I remember that effect of being like a young fucking guy like that. And then it does give you another perspective as well. It gives you that perspective of like, oh, these are just people getting some shit done. Um, In terms of the things that have made me hyper aware of my age... um. I think the things that stand out the most are the ones where I've reflected on. I mean, we're we're talking about a little bit of idolatry there, I guess, uh, and I'm, I mean that in the soft sense. But you know, Nirvana, Bad Religion, whole these kind of bands. Mm-hmm. I got to a certain age where I suddenly became hyper aware of the flaws of the people that were doing it. Now we've all interpreted this question in a different way. I've interpreted it in two ways. This is the main one, which is. The point at which I realised the the gloss and the dazzle factor wore off and I was like, I still love these bands, but I can sort of see them for what they are now. Mm-hmm. My, 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 you know, it's like when someone opens the curtains and initially the daylight is so bright that you're like, it takes you a while to really see what's in the room. And it's took me like fucking 20 odd years to see what's in the room. But I look at Nirvana right now, you know, 25 years later, maybe after I first really got properly into them. And I'm like, all right, Kurt Cobain was like a sort of youngish 27. He was quite immature, quite self-involved, really fucking creative guy, incredibly ahead of his time in some ways, a bit of an anachronism in other ways, like a bit naive, a bit egotistical. That part of it is the part that's resonated with my age more. When I matured emotionally beyond the point of these people, nothing to do with like their physical age, nothing to do with their reputation or what... I don't know, like, oh, I used to like corn, and now I think corn is stupid, but nothing to do with that. But just when the to the, when I got to the point where I could see these acts as the young people they were, especially like, the case of Kurt Cobain when he died, mm-hmm. you're yeah. like, he was twenty, yeah, because he's he's immortalized he's in that age, in time yeah. at that age, yeah. And and for the ones that are like at were at their height at that age, and like guys like Billy Corgan, where you you realize oh, he's just this fucking weird fucking guy he's an old he's a weird old dude he's a weird old dude yeah and, and it does when you were young he was always you didn't see the nuance yeah the you didn't way. see the nuance and you just saw them as an adult mm-hmm. and it's kind of like do you know what it's kind of like football as well you know when mm-hmm. you're a, a kid or a teenager and you're watching somebody like i don't know the original ronaldo or zinedine zidane zinedine zidane always seemed like this immortal of no age human being that just existed in some sort of ethereal zone and he was like brilliant and when he like headbutted Matarazzi mm-hmm. you know it was just like perfect and and then you realise oh, I'm older than they were yeah it's like when you see fucking like, you see Ronaldo yeah. now it's like 
that kind of younger than me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, mental. it's depressing. Yeah, I mean, the Zidane Matarazzi thing's an interesting example because you were like, oh, this is an elder statesman of the game. Yeah. And then you're like, that's just a fucking wee guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really odd. Oh, yeah. It was something weird. Never had to grow up a millionaire before he was, you know, a yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Could even have. You know, that is another thing. I'm sorry to get off the subject, but footballers and their, like, early marriages. <laughs> I mean, like, so I'm, I'm, like, 40 years old now, right? And... Obviously, I've never been married. I've never had a child, right? And I look at footballers. Yeah, and that'll admit to. Um, but footballers that are like twenty-five and they're married, and it's almost a function of being rich. It's like I'm rich, ergo I'm married. It fucking ties in with Sopranos for fuck's sake. Yeah. It's yeah. like, and it also ties in with my friends from high school. Yeah, <laughs> like it's they like, stayed there. They got the job offshore. They had three kids. They've got a huge mortgage. They did and the thing we're told to do, though, right? It's, yeah, oh Jason Look what you've unleashed In the world This is yeah. Christ This is in our Brexit yeah. Answer just, yeah. Oh my god Sorry let's, let's Can I No no Hang on Quickly Last caveat More entertaining caveat Also I wasn't sure how to interpret Jason's answer So I interpreted it In a second way Which mm-hmm. was Fuck I wonder what came out The week I was born mm-hmm. Wow okay. So One of my f- Oh my god You were born in 1980 <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing <laughs> You dick I mean You guys couldn't have possibly I mean To see David's expression there The sheer contempt You were like You were like like a few months off Being a 70s child Fuck you man That was That would be your 6th decade I I was 11 months off Being a 70s child You've lived through 5 decades David Stop (laughs) Um, So the, The week I was born Literally two days before I was born Super Trooper by ABBA was released Which is honestly like for me when I was young as well. This is like one of the albums, and this is if anybody ever subscribes to this fucking podcast, <laughs> we will do an ABBA special, and that will feature heavily. The day, the day I was born, ninety five by Dolly Parton came out. And uh, and and this is also a really interesting discovery for me. Um, two days before I was born, in fact, maybe even one day before I was born, one of my favourite songs came out, and I had no idea about this. But uh, "Keep on Loving You" by Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> uh, do you know um, Born on the Same Day as Me was uh, True Colours by Cindy Lauper? The the full album. That's really good. Yeah. That's really I know good. how much you love Cindy Lauper. I fucking love Cindy Lauper. I'll, I'll swap you. Also, peace sells, but who's buying by Megadeth? Peace 
the same age as that when I hear Megadeth so. ties into the tragedy of Metallica <laughs> yeah. by the way since that Metallica episode all when I see Megadeth all I see is fucking absolute tragedy <laughs> like a guy who is consumed by <laughs> his inferiority he's never going to go over that he's never never, never. ever going to go over that he's a massive right wind prick mm. anyway so mm. whatever Let's go on to another question. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's move swiftly on. Fleeing. It's like an hour now. <laughs> uh, so, who did the best song with absolute nonsense lyrics? Well, I mean, we've obviously uh, got the Lost Cocteau Twins episode, so <laughs> she was quite funny. we'll talk about that next month. <laughs> Do you know what my, my answer that, 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 you know what my answer to this question is? Not Cocteau, not the Cocteau Twins. Twins, that's for sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're giving away your, you're showing your hand. So wait a minute, know, really we, we, we kicked this off to a friend of the pod. Yes, to, to a man that we literally just spoke about like three minutes ago. Benjamin yeah. John Power. Yeah. Uh, so let's find out what Benjamin had to Hi, say. Hi Ben. Hello, Unsung Podcast. This is your old friend, Blank Mass. Uh, You asked me the question, who sang the best song with absolute nonsense lyrics? Uh, It's not Corn Twist, I'm sure that's what you think (laughs) it is. You would be right in saying that it's good, but it's not the best. It's also nothing from Scatman John's extensive repertoire. That was suggested by many people. best song with nonsense lyrics, bar the verse, because they are lyrics that aren't nonsense, but the intro and the chorus are highly nonsensical, is Dragastea Dinte by Ozone, and that is <laughs> a fact that it is the greatest song with nonsense lyrics ever, ever made by anybody, ever. <laughs> I'd also like to add a notable nonsense lyric mention for Crash Test Dummies. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, thank you, Ben. I mean, fucking I- hell, what, what is that? You don't know that song? No. All right, here comes a clip. Wow. <laughs> I was I, I, I would have put my fucking house on the fact that he was going to see Ephel 65 uh, Blue yeah. No, it's another Europop classic. It's Dragostea. Oh, you know this, like, absolute banger, right? Hang on. Oh! Oh, okay, yes. Yes, yes. Fucking, he's so know, dirty. That is a total that banger. That boy is dirty. For some reason, that reminds, me, that reminds me of driving around in my friend Daniel's Ford Fiesta and he's fucking 2004 soft top Fiat no 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 this is, this is the same Fiesta that drove to Bucky in 42 minutes Bucky Bucky yeah. by the way that is the third mention of a different Bucky yeah that's no same same time is that two Buckies two Buckies two Buckies okay you wouldn't think that would happen yeah no <laughs> you would not <laughs> um, 
Okay, thanks, Ben. Uh, no, I'm just, just going to agree with that. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. to very quickly say Mbop by Hanson, which was something that was shouted at me constantly when I was growing up because I had a similar <laughs> haircut. As you had Are you fucking right? getting there again as well, actually, to I'd be like, I, I had, I had... I looked a wee bit like one of the Hanson brothers, like the fourth Hanson brother, the one that, that grew up under the porch. Um, Corn, obviously mentioned by Ben, and I think deserving of a, a mention is Obituary, the band, whose entire first album, yeah. 50 odd minutes of, of fucking fuck knows what that is. Uh, had no lyrics. It was all just grunts and groans and noises. Love it. Love it. Love it. Hey, uh, do you know what? In the next episode, we're going to talk about our favourite albums of 2020. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, there's a song inspired by Twist by Korn <laughs> uh, by Princess Nokia. Really? Yeah. And there's a bit where she goes. Well, wait a minute. Is this one? Is that that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, yeah, mm. that's a total banger. Wow. Okay. Cool. So anyway, uh, so um, the next question is from Cat Alice. Cat Alice. Cat Alice. She's a she's a fire starter. She is. So three albums outside of the podcast that you enjoyed the most this year that were not necessarily released this year. So it's slightly I've, different to the question we're going to ask in the next episode. Yep. Uh, but still worth discussing. I think. Who's first? Uh, okay. Well. I'm just going to let facts speak for themselves, <laughs> and I've gone to my Last FM <laughs> profile. You still use Last FM? Yeah, well, it's still connected to my Spotify. Holy so, shit. Uh, it's mine. Remember, refer to my MySpace. <laughs> so I'm just going to show you the top albums that were listened to by me. Devotion by Terza. All it takes, all it takes is your arms, your smile. I let you, you let to me. Really good oh, record. Oh, it's a good record. Do you recommend that to me later on this yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. It's like a good sort album. of like lo-fi R&B, a little bit R&B, a little bit electro. Really good. Sounds like I'd hate it. Um, you might. Then I've got... <laughs> yeah, you probably would hate it. Then I've got a record released this year, which was, as mentioned, Princess Nokia, Everything Sucks. Ah. I saw I saw it in a, a lot of end of year lists, but I was um, very aggressive. She's very. I like it. She's very aggressive. Apparently, I remember. Well, she released two. Everything yeah. sucks and everything is beautiful. David's swearing at me right and now. And the <laughs> angry one is the better one. Well, what I will say is the one thing I remember about Princess Nokia is that when you said she plays live, it's awesome. Oh no no no! That's it's, Kalela. No, you said that Princess Nokia was devilishly subby. Oh, possibly. Anyway, uh, then I've got the DJ Kicks. By Laurel Halo compilation record. What? Uh, DJ Kix is like a sort of just something you pick up in like Clinton cards. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Caliuchis uh, isolation album. That's like about four years old. We're only doing three, Dave. 
Uh, J Dilla Donuts. Right, that's enough. Yeah, that's it. That was, uh, that was, that was, I didn't take the podcast that one. <laughs> and then we'll we'll talk about Dave. my favourite albums of 2020. Okay. Yeah. Next episode. Next episode. Mark or me? Uh, you go. Uh, I got heavily, heavily, heavily into the album Juju by Susie and the Banshees. Um, it was via something else. Um, actually, it was partially via uh, the aborted Cocteau Twins episode, but also another one that we did for the subscribers earlier on in the year. And I just was like, you know what, Susie and the Banshee is a bit like Kate Bush. was a bit of a blind spot for me. And I was like, uh, you know. And I'll be honest, I didn't expect Susie and the Banshees to have anything like the the substance and the depth of material that Kate Bush had. Because Kate Bush is that sort of tier of revered, the unimpeachables. Mm -hmm. We've spoken about it, the PJ Harvey, Nick Cave, that kind of thing. Um, Kate Bush is in with them. And I was like fucking blown away by the quality and depth of the catalogue of Susie and the Banshees. And really started to dig into it. The Juju album from 1981 uh, It was a third album Or their third album I think it's either this one or the one after Where Robert Smith was the, the guitarist Absolutely fucking incredible And this is also Like another sort of thing that we went down Was bands that You didn't realise had Such an influence on other bands Oh wow mm-hmm. I mean like yeah. Susie and the Banshees I was humbled by my fucking ignorance Of the sheer importance of that band I I took them to be another punk to slash post-punk early post-punk you know we did Wire I I brushed with them a wee bit then but I had no idea that it was going to be as deep and as complicated The, the, the very very from the first album The Scream They very quickly graduated to quite a complicated, deconstructed kind of arrangement. That led to Interpol, for example. The the whole Interpol thing of having two guitarists... (laughs) Shut up <laughs> Third mention um, The the whole thing of like Deconstructing a chord though Instead of just playing a power chord To have like two guitarists Breaking down a chord One you know Doing this part of it One doing that And syncopating it doing all bands Been doing that I mean, for a long time it's, yeah, man. it's incredible To really appreciate The legacy mm-hmm. Of a band like this mm-hmm. And Susie and the Banshees Is a band that I I fully admit to not giving the credit they deserve. Uh, so the, the Juju album by them, and also um, the one that came after it, A Kiss in the Dreamhouse, to a lesser extent, but the, the Juju one in particular. Um, another album, uh, Stars of the Lid. Um, there were a few records by them. This is something that Ben suggested way back when we interviewed him, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think it was Music for Nitrous Oxide was the first one. He'd uh, recommended what was it? The something sounds of Stars Lit. What? 
The tired sounds. Uh, the tired sounds, the stars of the lid. Uh, that album, but also there's a couple albums before that. Um, Avec Laudanum. Laud- Laudanum. Per Avec Aspera Adastra. Yeah, and uh, Aspera Adastra. Absolutely fucking beautiful albums. Like really drony, very, very ambient. But just such a, it's it's a very very delicate genre. You know, there's a lot of charlatans in that genre that can just play a noise and make it seem like they know what they're doing. Mm. I w- I was really struck by the the competence and uh, and the finesse of that band. Um, and I think probably one of the most overwhelmingly striking albums of this this year. Um, that I've enjoyed outside of the pod that will also probably appear in the next episode is um, Mistar and Kinsey by Aransi Pazuzu That's on my list as well Yeah <laughs> Fucking hell that. I'm not going to labour it because I believe we're both going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell. <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Fucking hell. What a band. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to that. So, uh, Mark? So, uh, Hounds of Love by Kate Bush, which I hadn't heard before. Oh. Is that the one? Everybody in the house of love. Everybody (laughs) in the house of love. (laughs) Listen to that a lot this year. But aside from that, like I said earlier on, or in the last episode rather, sorry, I've kind of been taking steps to expand my musical horizons this year. So one thing I've been spending quite a lot is uh, Deltron 3030. Dale the Funky Homo Sapien, Danny Otomir, Kid heard Koala. Never hydrogen fusion, liquids, keep your They've done two albums. The Is it Italian? Because I fucking hate those guys. <laughs> <laughs> the first album, uh, the, the self-titled debut album, is, is truly, truly tremendous. We'll probably come up on this podcast at some Mark, point. send them all home. <laughs> send them all home. Uh, and I was taught, I, I spoke to David about this earlier on this year, but... Where was that? Uh, you weren't there because you don't <laughs> like this kind of music. Um, telephone by No Name. She's a, oh, man, she is a tremendous yeah, artist, really um, like kind of neo soul R and B kind of thing. She's Chris will hear. Yeah, Say shit. You will. You will hear. <laughs> um, her her album, her first album, Telephone, is truly, truly exceptional. Uh, I do have some punk records so I can chuck in here if anybody. Yeah, I mean, people yeah, are listening to. Like, wait a minute, uh, Dave. Do you know Mark likes punk? <laughs> uh, so, uh, Patience by Mannequin Pussy.
fucking amazing album. Mannequin Pussy. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> is that acceptable? Yeah. Female fronted. Oh, um, it's fine then. Yeah. They've, they've got a song called Drunk Too in particular, which is a total Does she ripper. speak for all women? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and all mannequins. Of course, uh, our good, my good pals, Paper Rifles, have got a new album this year called Traitor's Hill, which is just, I've listened to that whole hell of a lot. And I've been, I'm thinking they're going to come up at some point in the podcast because I, I like their album. Um, so I've been getting into the roots a lot lately. The I, roots, yeah. I really like things fall apart, but I've been listening to Game Theory quite a lot. Right, okay, no, roots are great. Off Legit. the ba- off yeah. the back of uh, the J Dilly episode because that album's actually I'd actually dedicated to him. You can't touch him and not for nothing. If you bow hip hop, you got to love it. Um, and it's a fucking tremendous record. Um, Things Fall Apart is seen as being like they're really their sort of highest point, but I think this record is arguably better, so I might come up. But yeah, that, that, I mean, obviously the roots are very famous now. They are. Is it Jimmy Fallon? No, Jimmy. Is it Jimmy Kimmel? One of the Jimmys is the house Wait a band, right? Uh, so Jimmy. <laughs> A Jimmy you, talk show host in America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're the house band for, for, for one of those Jimmys. Jimmy Fallon's pretty funny. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel's. I think it's Jimmy Fallon. Fun. Like the the, the most po- the more popular one, I think it's Jimmy Fallon. He's the one that's no annoying. He's I think it's Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. But, um, I mean I don't know the difference, so But like, sort They're of very different. I I mean all Americans are the same to me. <laughs> but attached to that um is Black Thought released uh Sorry, I just checked. Jimmy Kimmel is a good one. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon's a knob. Uh, but sort of related to the roots is... Uh, Jimmy Black- Fallon's the American uh, James... Corden. Corden. Yeah. But uh, Black Thought, who's been the MC- one of the main MCs for the roots since they began, released his first of a solo album this year called Streams of Thought, Volume 3, Kenny Nable. I don't know if you've heard it, Dave, but it's fucking great. I haven't heard it, actually, no. He released two EPs in 2018 called Streams of Thought Volume 1 and Volume 2, and at the time he was asked why are you only releasing EPs, he's like, I don't think these motherfuckers have attention span for a full album, and this year he was like, you know what, fuck it. So, it's a great record. Just totally recommend it. Alright, talking about attention span, we're going to call Halt to episode 2 right now. <laughs> also, have- talking about bladder <laughs> control, <laughs> I really need to pee. So, uh, shows 1 and 2 have just been full of what we thought was going to be in show 1. <laughs> <laughs> so, show 2, we're going to have to be really quick with. Yeah. Uh, especially considering I am now down to 14 eighteenths of my we'll also start on a Taylor Swift question oh, in three, so looking Jesus. forward to that but we don't Jesus we haven't Christ. had to answer that hang on a good friend of the show Jonah Matranga has answered if apparently apart- maybe <laughs> if you're a fan of this podcast this will be a contentious episode well, from the offset we shall okay. see yeah so we're going to try to fit an episode and a bit into an episode a third of an episode <laughs> later Good luck with that. so uh, yeah thanks for listening uh, happy holidays Easter keep going yeah. I mean it probably is Easter by now <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs>